So, Luke, here we got uh, episode two, Unfiltered with Bobby and Luke. How you doing? Doing well, Bobby. Good morning. Or good afternoon, I guess now. Yeah, it's <laughs> afternoon now. Uh, episode How's two. The, uh... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask you how the weather is in Colorado, because, you know, we've got sunny and 85 working here in L.A. today. Uh, we've got sunny in about 40. Oh, okay. All right. And it's supposed yeah. to be low 70s Wednesday and then potential oh, okay. snow maybe next weekend, but we'll see. Gotcha. Yeah. No, I just couldn't believe it because we've been having some really nice fall weather and woke up this morning to a forecast of it supposed to be in the uh, mid to upper 80s this morning and was like, wow, I guess we're having a little, uh, a little late summer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after going through, I mean, obviously we had our first podcast yesterday, which was very exciting. Uh, going through and listening to everything that we discussed, obviously there's more to discuss because it's an ongoing saga with post-election, with uh, the Trump administration, Trump himself not conceding. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, talking beforehand, we kind of want to piggyback off our last episode, discuss the events that kind of happened yesterday into the late uh, evening, early morning, and then uh, we want to kind of do a deep dive and get, uh, you know, our listeners updated on all things COVID. So what are your thoughts on the uh, Trump administration continuing its stance on not conceding? You know, and I, I am, I know our intention for today was to really just get into, you know, COVID and really deep, dive deep into that. But the events for the past, just the past 24 hours, you know, like you said in our, in our talking before we started recording here today, absolutely have to be addressed um, because it is, it, the problem here is not just Donald Trump refusing to concede. You know, the problem are his millions of supporters that are refusing to accept the legitimacy of the Biden win. And yesterday in Washington, D.C., there was a, a MAGA march on Washington that was kind of, I'm going to just say it was kind of pretty terrifying because of who it brought together together. You know, Absolutely. It, it, it wasn't just the, you know, run of the mill Trump supporter, go USA, make America great again, yada, yada, yada. You know, it was also some pretty rough, very, very outspoken anti-government groups um, like uh, the proud boys, of course, president Trump's favorite uh, supporters Right. Uh, other groups like the Oath Keepers, the Three Percenters, uh, and then, of course, everybody's favorite conspiracy theorist, uh, Alex Jones. But, uh, you know, that okay, so usual suspects, right? But the, the members of Congress, elected officials that actually spoke at the rally, um, basically erasing the line between the fringe right, the alt-right, if you will, uh, the I'll just say it the way I see it, the neo-Nazi of, uh, of America 
and the Republican Party. They have now merged into one and it's all all under, uh, I mean, you said it yesterday, it's it's Trumpism. It, it is, there's no longer Republicanism. Right. I'm sorry. And um, I mean- You know, the last four years, Luke, it's been a, a, there was a fine line, right, between the right and the far right. And <clears throat> media kind of holding Trump to, you know, questioning month after month about, you know, white supremacy is wrong, saying this group, mm -hmm. you know, you denounce this group. And, you know, he's really never done that. But at the Correct. same time, the senators have never come out against Trump, right? So Correct. now it's Correct. got these, these two forces that have now kind of combined and there is no line anymore, you know, with, with, with the Proud Boys, right? Trump had mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. umpteen chances during those two debates to come out and say, you know, what everybody wanted to hear him say, and he refused to do it. Instead, he told him to right. what? Stand by. Uh, I'm actually looking right at it right now because uh, I, I wanted to make sure I got, had it right this time. Stand back and stand by. Correct. Was his uh, was his answer, which immediately became a T-shirt uh, that the Proud Boys created that anybody could go online to buy. Yeah, and, and actually, we saw stands yeah. here in Colorado Springs uh, popped up with that. Oh, I bet. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, this is only more of the same. You know, the 2017 uh, quote-unquote rally in Charlottesville, Unite the Right, we all know what happened at that and the yeah. tragic death of that young lady and the president saying that there were very fine people on both sides. Both sides. Yes. You know, it is, it is remarkable. And you, you know, this now gets into this whole okay so trump is refusing to to you know concede and we can you know talk for hours about the way he is just stomping down american tradition uh if you ever uh not to uh promote another podcast on our podcast but uh for those of you <laughs> who <laughs> uh uh you know check out the daily uh that good old michael barbaro uh, did on friday about the normal, and I, you know, so let me just stop for a second. I, cause I made a post yesterday and I used the word normal, which is a word I really hesitate to ever use because normal is different for everyone. Right. 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 But I like, when I say normal, when I say, absolutely. But I, but when I say normal, I mean, listen to that podcast because it plays clips of every concession speech since uh, George HW Bush lost to Clinton. Okay, and listen to at, you know, John McCain, when he was conceding, you know, people started booing Obama and he corrected them, said, no, 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 right. no, he is going to be the president and we all have to get behind and support our president because that is the right thing for the country. And now we have this buffoon that is not only not only refusing to concede, but stirring the pot with some very, very real potential, potentially dangerous groups. Um, groups that, 
I would, you know, we have, we've already seen them, you know, show up at the state capitals during the lockdowns, uh, trying to uh, yeah. for, force with their guns, right? Uh-huh. Exactly, exactly. And so my fear now is that every day that goes by, and every day that these, I don't even know what word to use, but these Republican members of leadership, you know, the Mitch McConnells and Kevin McCarthy's of the world, every day they allow this to continue, it gets more and more dangerous. Right. And, and then just, knowing what happened last night, Trump, seven hours ago, it's currently 2.28 p.m. Mountain Time, Trump's mm-hmm. Twitter feed read, he only won in the eyes of all caps, fake news media. I can see mm-hmm. nothing. We have a long Correct. way to go. This was a rigged election, and this comes mm-hmm. after everything that happened last night. Yeah. And it's been live 435,000 times, and it's been retweeted mm-hmm. almost 131,000 times. Yeah. And his own Homeland Security Department said that this was one of the smoothest election, uh, let's see, the most, excuse me, let me call it correctly here, the most secure election in American history. That's his Homeland Security appointee saying that. His own uh, federal election security official uh, said that the president's accusations at this point are laughable, if not insulting, okay? These are people that he appointed, right? So, you know, they are, you, you would expect people like from uh, Black Lives Matter and the Anti-Defamation League, Southern Poverty Law Center to come out, you know, chastising the president. But this is a, these are his own people saying, sir, this is dangerous. We are at a point now where this has to stop. And the, those are his own appointees who, of course, he's not going to listen to. And that's why we desperately need members of Republican leadership, not to, and not to say, I, I'm not, I, I don't want to confuse anyone. Uh, Mitch, to my, to my knowledge, Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy did not attend yesterday's rally, but the fact that there were elected officials there, elected Republican members of Congress there, um, addressing a rally you know let's just leave let's just leave you know the 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 alt right people that that that's another side of it yes but attended a rally basically telling the american people telling 72 million american voters that this was rigged and their voices were were not counted you know the democrats stole this one how in the world is joe biden supposed to govern this country starting january 21st Right. Well, that was that was the question that was posed to Obama uh, this morning. And, mm-hmm. you know, like he stated, it's an extremely polari- polarized and divided country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can't come together. And I agree with with his assessment. You know, we can't come together as quickly as needed, you know, especially during a pandemic mm-hmm. um, and dealing with covid when we've got 78 million people plus working on one working with one set of facts mm-hmm. and then the other side the 72 and a half million people that have so far voted for Trump are mm-hmm. working on a complete different set of quote unquote facts 
And I, I honestly don't know what the administration can do in the short term. Um, you know, cause you, you know, as you know, Luke, I mean, without everybody coming together, we're never going to get control of this pandemic. Correct. Correct. It is, there's just no way. And Trump's own advisors, Trump's own COVID team, who, by the way, has still not been given authority to communicate with Biden's COVID team. Right. Uh, so they are both operating separately right now, which is really dangerous. But his own, you know, his own people are saying these teams need to start cooperating. These teams need to start working together, you know, regardless of, you know, do, do, do all the lawsuits you want to do, do whatever it is that you, you know, whatever's going to make you feel better, President Trump. But you've got to let these people start working together for the better of the country. Right. But when has this man ever done anything that is for the betterment of the country as opposed to the betterment of Donald J. Trump. Uh, it, it's, it's breathtaking. Right. And with, you know, with regards to the lawsuits with election fraud, mm-hmm. if there was any, any evidence whatsoever, just, you know, mm-hmm. just a sample that mm-hmm. would, you know, allowed any of the lawsuits to move forward other than the one in Pennsylvania, what, which required or allowed the people that were, 16 feet back to get closer to, you know, 10 right. Yep. That's the only mm-hmm. one that I personally know of that I have found mm-hmm. that was a, I guess, a win for the Trump administration. But there's right. been no shred of evidence, you know, like you stated, all the, you know, cybersecurity folks, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the cloud, via the internet, on the ground in these states, no one has seen or been able to show evidence of any fraud. Correct. Zero evidence, but yet you have good old Kaylee McEnany, you know, going on the only place that'll take her anymore, Fox News, with literally stacks of paper, binders of paper. What is the deal with this administration and their love affair with prop politics? I mean, every, everything, everything from when Trump got elected and he had the big press conference with all the stacks of paper where he was like, these are all the forms I'm signing to, you know, divest from my companies, which he never did. Right. Um, you know, or the, the infamous uh, picture of him signing a blink piece of paper while he was at uh, Walter Reed. Right. Um, yep. <laughs> and something. And Kaylee McEnany herself, who loves her a giant binder of paper, who uh, after Trump, uh, you know, uh, famously stomped out uh, of, of a Leslie Stahl interview uh, on 60 Minutes. Here comes Kaylee McEnany with this giant binder of paper that says, this is the president's health plan. It wasn't. It was right. just a bunch of jibber jabber, you know, different you know, things. It had nothing to do with health, you know, but here she is. On, uh, you know, here she is on Fox News saying, oh, they they just keep saying, where's the proof? Where's the proof? And she holds up these stacks of paper and says, here's the proof. Here it is. All these signed affidavits of people that said that they witnessed voter fraud. Right. I, 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 (laughs) you know, it's just it's just ridiculous. And then when she's actually 
press to say, you know, will Trump ever concede? Will Trump ever accept this election? She has the audacity as the White House spokesperson to say, that's a question for the White House. You'd have to ask somebody from the White House. Right. No, no, ma'am. You are the press secretary. (laughs) You are the spokesperson for the White House. Start answering these questions. Well, what's interesting now to me is that, you know, Trump has always got great law firms. So these law firms that took on these lawsuits in these states, they were they were heavy hitters. And now that all of them have walked away, now yeah. what last night or this morning it was announced that Rudy Giuliani is going to be taking over all the lawsuits. Um, <laughs> you know, good luck with that. Imagine that. Um, you know, but from here, so you know, reality says to me. Trump's not going to concede. You know, I think this coming week we're going to see more pressure uh, from certain Republican senators, uh, certain divisions within the administration that are going to start putting a little bit more pressure on Trump uh, without totally pissing him off because the last thing they want is him tweeting at them on Twitter. Um, So, you know, Mitch McConnell's got to walk a fine line. He knows Trump won. He knows Trump's got to – Start, we got to start this transition process. So mm-hmm. I think this week's going to be very interesting to see how far they're able to push him right. uh, without him losing his shit and right. going on a rampage on Twitter. Well, you know, what is, you know, we kind of alluded to this, but what, what is the, the sad part of this are the – you know, you know, there's nothing sad about it. you can vote for who you want to vote for. That this is America, right? But right. those 72 plus million people that voted for Donald Trump also vote for senators and they vote for their Congress people and they vote for their state legislators. And those people, those those elected officials are still on bended knee to Trump because of what you just said. Right. Heaven forbid. Trump rage tweets at them and suddenly a core piece of their own, their base, because yep. they've got to get reelected is now pissed off at them. Right. So, and especially a, you know, endangered uh, person like Lindsey Graham, who I guess that race ended up not being all that close. He actually ended up winning by a somewhat comfortable margin, but right. he's not very well liked in his home state. And so if he starts, you know, getting crosswise of um, President Trump, well, just looked at, look at what happened to uh, Jeff Sessions, you know, uh, got sideways of Trump, got fired from being attorney general, right. tried to run for his old seat about again and got beat by an old football coach, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> because Trump said, vote for Tuberville, you know? So, right. so yeah, Bobby, he's never going to concede but what 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 are what are the options? You know what what can because the the transition has to start happening in some way, shape, or form. Even in even in and we mentioned it a little bit. You mentioned it with the, the Bush v. Gore, right? You know there was some work being done on both sides. You know there was you know some communication from the um, outgoing Clinton administration going on. Should the vote go one way or the other? You know, well, right now we're just yeah. I think we certified the votes, and I think mm-hmm. once the votes have been certified, I don't think they really need Trump's permission from that point. 
then it's like, okay, you're going to be working with, you know, here's the team, here's Biden's team, and, you know, away we go. You know, we right. can't wait until January 20th to start the process. No, that's the whole point of a transition. And that's also the whole point of what I was alluding to yesterday. Normal politicians, when they run for president and they get beat, they go on national television and they concede so that process can start because you cannot start leading the country from a standing still position. And, you know, even in, you know, yes, President Obama is right. We live in a very, very divided country, but quite honestly, when have we not, you know, like there've been some really bitterly contested presidential elections that have happened since Bush v. Gore. And those politicians have all, you know, stood up, starting with, can I point out, Al Gore himself, who got royally screwed, (laughs) you know, going on live TV and begging, begging his supporters to get behind President Bush. Like, could you imagine Donald Trump going on live TV and saying, Look, guys, I really need you to get behind the the, uh, incoming president-elect Biden because it's what's best for the country. Right. No, no, of course not. Of course not. And so I agree with you. You know, I don't think at this point that there's Biden, he's going to become president, but I am so scared of these these right-wing militia groups uh, it, it, it's the first time in a long time. I'm genuinely concerned for the, you know, the real and immediate danger to the safety of the incoming president of the United States. Right. And it, it is being stirred up by the current president of the United States. And that's what's so, you know, devastating about this. Well, and what's so to, scary you know, to me, Luke, is, yeah, yeah. The, these groups, you know, ha- are full of hate they're full of rage, they're full of anger, and they've been around for generations, right? I mean, there's right, right. There's no denying that. Right. But what Trump right. has done for the last four years, you know, in my opinion, has made it okay for these guys to be come out of the woods. They, they've Correct. come out behind the wall from out of their house. They're mm-hmm. front and center. They don't give a shit who they hurt, what they say, who they offend. And they get more fueled by, by misinformation tweeted right. by the president, mm-hmm. retweeted by various news outlets, boosted mm-hmm. on boost various social media platforms. And, you know, if, if you and I wanted to boost, you know, some, some right-wing bullshit, all we got to do is create an ad, have a link, and for a few bucks – Hey, I've yep. got, you know, we get 20,000 followers and for a few dollars, we hit okay. We're charged a few bucks and 20,000 yep. people are, are seeing stuff that we know is not true. And it's full of venom, full of hate, mm-hmm. full of division. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what these guys have had four years of. And now, mm-hmm. um, you know, I love Anderson Cooper, uh, but the other day, I believe it was Friday, uh, he started out his show stating that it doesn't matter. That was like his, his headline 
for his show was it doesn't matter what Trump is saying. It doesn't matter what Trump is doing because Trump is no longer the president. And I think this is the first time I've really disagreed with him 100%. Because just because Trump's not president, everything he's created these last four years is just, Mm -hmm. it's it's been like an avalanche, right? It started out slow. It was, you know, one thing after the other, you know, first, you know, initially the first couple months, it was like, holy shit, I can't believe he said that. But four years later, it's like, I'm not surprised, right? How many times did we say that on our last podcast? It's not surprising. This isn't surprising. That wasn't surprising. Oh, it all all links together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now we've got this avalanche that's coming down the mountain. Trump's just sitting back watching and watch the destruction to come, right? Yeah. He just, he wants so desperately to stay relevant. And he knows that if, you know, he know he knows, he knows he lost the election. He knows he's not going to be president in a very short time, but he wants to keep the megaphone. And so if he can have seven, the better part of that 72 plus million people that voted for him, truly believing that this was a rigged election and that Joe Biden did not legitimately win in their minds, he will still be the president of the United States and he'll be tweeting from Mar-a-Lago and that will be, it's almost as if we will have, you know, it's almost as if like we're, we're, he's plunging us into a world where we become some kind of uh, banana Republic and not the kind where you buy chinos uh, where there's, you know, two governments or something like that. And you've got half the nation listening to the duly elected and installed government. And you've got half of the nation uh, listening to this madman who's just, you know, you know, rage tweeting uh, 24-7. Uh, right. And that that is the truly dangerous part of this. Al Gore got on TV and pled for his supporters to get behind President Bush because he knew, he knew that it was dangerous to have people who have lost in an election not believe in the results, you right. know? Like it's, it's yeah. When, when, and we all know over here on the left, back in 2016, when Hillary had to get up on on stage that next day and give the that concession day, speech, Luke, the she conceded the next day. Correct, correct. And within a few days, within a few days, okay, we're already past the point where this had happened. President Obama, who Trump basically put his, you know, put, put his, you know, started his political uh, theater by saying he, you know, President Obama was illegitimate because he wasn't a, an American citizen. You know, Obama still invited him to the White House, had a meeting with him, did all of the normal, traditional things that you do to make sure that the American people that, you know, I, I know I was crushed, I've never actually wept over the results of an election that right. changed for me uh, um, I, on because I was truly scared for the country, yeah. you know, but to see Trump sitting there with Obama, it did in a certain way make me think, okay, well, maybe this will, I, I was one of the ones who really, I guess, had the wool pulled over my eyes because I was like, well, maybe he will grow in to the job, you know? 
maybe, you know, in these meetings with Obama and the teams and whatnot, maybe this will get him to accept the gravity of the position. And the way that he's behaving now shows that not only did he not grow, he may have very well regressed. Like he's, and it's creating a dangerous situation because those people who are upset that their candidate lost are now going to just think what the president, the new president, President Biden says and thinks and, you know, directs and asks, they don't have to follow that. And that directly, you know, correlates to what was meant to be the the main topic of today's podcast, COVID. And how in the hell are we supposed to get on top of this thing and truly, truly, uh, you know, get back to, here's the word again, some kind of normal (laughs) in America. with 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 this lunatic down, you know, in in Mar-a-Lago, tweeting uh, that uh, COVID's not real. Look at me, I got a, I, I I I I feel better than I've ever felt. I mean, how how I, I, it's just it's not good. It's not good, Bobby. And uh, the numbers, well, the numbers don't lie. Right. And I was doing some getting updated, obviously for for our call today for COVID and currently uh, the new cases for today. Let me refresh my page here. We're sitting at already at 2.49 p.m. Mountain Time, 1.49 Pacific Time there in sunny L.A. We're <laughs> looking at 111,114 new cases already. Yeah. It is um – I mean, in, in, in the, the political theater of the absurd uh, just continues because you have, you have politicians like um, the mayor, uh, Lori, Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago, shutting yep. her city back down again, you know, saying that, you know, we need to, you know, we, we need to, to shut back down uh, to, to really stomp this out. And that if you do decide to go over and see a family member for Thanksgiving, you need to, um, you know, you need to uh, basically uh, quarantine yourself, yes. you know, for four, four, uh, 14 days afterwards. But then you immediately have good old Alex Azar jumping in, uh, Health and Human Services Secretary, you know, saying that, uh, you know, she's trying to cancel Thanksgiving and that this is a, uh, this is a, you know, not even talking about the science of it, just saying that this is just another way of those, you know, damn liberals trying to attack America and American traditions. Right. Right. Uh, What? (laughs) What? Yeah. Yeah, So the trend right now, Illinois, you brought up Chicago. So Illinois is the leader right now in the United States, 10,631 new cases. Uh, This was just updated about 23 minutes ago. The state of Florida is number two with also 10,000 plus. Ohio with 7,800. Minnesota, 7,500. Indiana, Wisconsin, Tennessee, all in the 5,000 plus. So, you know, we're seeing a lot of states going in the wrong direction. And yesterday, obviously, we posted our first uh, first episode yesterday afternoon. We want to thank our listeners for the positive comments and support, all the downloads. Um, but going through and just 
looking at some hashtags, COVID-19 and, you know, all that, you know, you see a lot of the, you know, the right side or the Trump supporters still comparing COVID to the flu. And obviously that, you know, Dr. Fauci and the Pence-led task force has, has said that is not correct from day one. But obviously the task force has not met for a number of weeks. So when you break down the simple math, right, Mm -hmm. the facts, Mm -hmm. the math, Mm -hmm. uh, according to the CDC website, there was 35.5 million people that had the flu uh, 2018 to 2019. Mm -hmm. We're still waiting for the final numbers from the 19 to 20, but the latest numbers, 18 to 19, there was 35.5 million people. 34,200 people died. Uh, that comes to be 0.1%. So 0.1 of 1%. And then you calculate out to really the current trend right now for coronavirus in the United States, as far as deaths, it's 4%. 0.1 times 40 is 4%. Therefore, COVID is 40 times more lethal than the flu. Facts. Exactly. Facts. Facts. And yet, you know, being a a news junkie, I was watching some of the Sunday morning shows this morning and there's Martha Raddatz um, interviewing uh, a woman that voted for Trump. And uh, this woman was uh, not only convinced that uh, the election election was rigged and there were millions of uh, the the, the, uh, millions of fake votes uh, added for Biden, but she also believed like lockstep that, you know, oh, it's got, you know, the death rate is no worse, worse than the flu and it's no big deal. And it's just, it's all just, you know, you know, it's all just a big scam and, you know, it's nothing's going to keep us from having our big, you know, big family Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, it, it just is like, it's just breathtaking to see people who just refuse to accept facts. They refuse to accept math. They refuse to accept science. But then, you know, and heaven forbid this happens to any of, you know, you know, any, anyone, or if you, any of, any of you know somebody who's passed of COVID, Martha also interviewed a gentleman who also is an avid Trump supporter and also thinks that the election was rigged and also thinks that Pennsylvania, specifically that Pennsylvania was stolen. Pennsylvania wouldn't even close the margin enough, but I digress. Um, But on the other hand, on COVID, he recently lost a cousin that he was very close to, to COVID. And suddenly COVID is very real. And the risk is very real and the need to be, you know, to be cautious and, you know, take precautions and not have big family gatherings for Thanksgiving and not let the kids uh, go to big, you know, gatherings with their friends and whatnot. All of these things became dead serious because he actually experienced that loss. And... It, it, it's, I mean, what's it going to take? What is it going to take for, you know, everybody just to get on board and, um, you know, just put a, put a damn mask on. How hard is it? 
I yeah. mean, you know, and that 40% more lethal than, than the flu, right? I mean, that's factual information. The data doesn't lie. Um, you know, it puts in perspective what everybody uh, in the hospitals, the first responders, uh, the grocery clerks are, are really doing for everybody. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing that, um, well, now, you know, and we alluded to this before, but thank goodness that there has been science, science that has come out to show that the mask actually does help you as well. It is safer for you to have on a mask than not have a mask. Makes sense, right? Right. right. Um, but it is safest if everyone has on a mask. Yep. And so for my my goodness sake, you know, is it that hard for the 20 minutes you walk into the grocery store and then have to basically be face to face with that clerk who's checking you out at the grocery, at, at, at the cash, at the cashier, you know, think about her and think about her family. Think about who she goes home to. Maybe she has an elderly parent that she's taken care of. Maybe yeah. she has a child with preexisting ex- uh, conditions that, you know, is at more risk. You know, think about those things. You know, how hard is it to put a piece of cloth over your face for the few minutes a, a day that you're out? You know, in in a popul in a populated area. Right, right, and you know, you know, my wife works for a children's hospital, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's basically what they deal with is kids with underlying conditions. Yeah, and they've got a drive-through for COVID testing, and there's mm-hmm. a continuous line almost every day for, you know, for testing. And, you know, I, you know, you hear stories of parents just, just stressed every single day, hoping that their kid doesn't get it. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And because we're now starting to see the lingering effects of COVID, it is not uh, something like the flu. We are now discovering that you can get and get over and come through relatively unscathed. Uh, there are some serious, serious problems yep. that can linger uh, for weeks, months, if not forever, um, that are now being correlated back to COVID. And think and of the so, financial, the financial burden. You know, someone's in you know intensive care for thirty days, oh, yeah. and now they've got a, a bill for you know one point two million dollars. How are they going <laughs> to pay that? Exactly. You're in the hospital for two weeks, not even in intensive care. You got a bill for three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Right. You know, you know, the financial burden is, I think, a topic of conversation that's not covered enough. You know, you just figure out. You know, there's websites that tell you the average stay at the hospital in your area. You take yeah. the average, just the average stay, right? I don't mm-hmm. know exactly what they're charging. Uh, you know, per se for COVID measures. But just the average stay times the number of days they're in the hospital, and it's mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands minimum before yeah. people are leaving the hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my partner is epileptic, and so I am no stranger to having a loved one have to stay at the hospital for a night. And right. so I am therefore, and we have relatively decent insurance. Um, but I'm also no stranger to the, you know, the co-pays and the bills that come even for people who are relatively well insured. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's usually, I think his longest, well, recently, you know, he like just a night or two, 
and that uh, still it, it's 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 breathtaking yep. uh you know the financial impact of uh, and then we've got trump administration and you know trying to strip the aca away and we can get into that and yeah you know, another Sorry. podcast and yeah no i mean the aca and and you know what's going to happen with these georgia senate runoffs and uh what we're going to be able to do for healthcare moving forward is definitely uh an, an episode all in of itself uh, yes I, I i will only pre uh preview my thoughts on that by saying <laughs> god in their questioning, the even the conservative justices on the Supreme Court seem to not be buying this most recent argument. Right. Um, so it seems, knock wood, you know, questions are not are not rulings, but it would seem that they're going to let it stand, even with the uh, removal of the mandate. So. Right. You know, fingers crossed. Yeah, we'll see. Insurance is yeah. a numbers game. The more you yeah. can include, which is why they made it a requirement, the more you can include in the pool, the mm -hmm. cheaper the premiums are for everybody. Yeah. So to just having, you know, people that are pre-existing conditions and continuously mm -hmm. seeing their doctors in and out of the hospitals and racking up bills, mm -hmm. you know, they initially needed the mandate as a starting point. Yeah. Now, is the ACA perfect? Absolutely not. Is there improvements to be had? Absolutely. Absolutely. But we've had now 10 years of the ACA and the Republicans have said they were going to come out with something else. Trump has said since 2015, he was going to replace Obamacare with something else. Mm -hmm. And they have not, not in 10 years, come out with anything else. Right. But yet we want to strip it. Yeah. And replace yeah. it with just one. Burn it down and let the insurance companies yeah. go back to just controlling everything. And, you know, one of the one of the greatest financial impacts that we're not talking about is all of these people that do thankfully survive COVID. Well, guess what? You now have a pre-existing condition. Yes. 11 and million people so far will, are going to have a pre-existing condition. Correct. So, Correct. You know, it was what 119 million, and now it's up to 129 million people will have a pre-existing condition uh, condition going into next year. Right, right. And we are just at the tip of the spear here. We're only in fall. You know, we we have a long winter ahead, and you know, it, it's a very it's a it's a it's a very comforting thing to know. It sounds like Pfizer is is very close on their uh, Pfizer BioNTech is very close on their vaccine. Moderna seems to be getting closer. Yeah. Uh, Eli Lilly has a treatment now that seems to be you know we're moving in the right direction. But these are things that if you listen to the experts, not the politicians, yep. people that have never had a vote cast for them before in their life, the Anthony Fauci's of the world. They will tell you, while these are good, these are this is good progress. We are still a very long way away from getting back to any kind kind of sense of uh, normalcy and um, being at a place where we don't have to live in fear of this thing anymore. Right, right. Um, and you know, so, in the term of Game of Thrones, winter is coming. And you yeah. put that in term of COVID and it just gives me chills. 
Absolutely. Every Absolutely. day, you know, a hundred thousand. This is now what day 11 where we've had 11 straight days of a hundred thousand plus new cases yeah. across yeah. the country. So, yeah, it is, uh, it, it, it is just, you know, it, it's, it's so hard to accept, you know, you know, here in here in, well, especially in West Hollywood, but LA in general, it's, it's pretty good. You know, people wear their masks. Uh, I actually, I think I mentioned pre-recording one time that like, you know, if you're even out walking in my neighborhood, if you're even out walking your dog and you don't have a mask on, you get dirty looks. Like (laughs) it's a very, very serious thing, but you go just, um, you know, 15 miles South of here to orange County and you have people that just don't think it's real and refuse to wear a mask and think it's an impingement of their right uh, to wear a mask. And well, you know, it's the old, the old statement of you can't have a, 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 a section of the pool that you're allowed to pee in. Right. right. Cause it, you know, it goes, right. it's going to go everywhere. I don't us. understand so. that, that whole, <laughs> that whole notion of it's infringing on my freedoms. Yeah. It's, you know, right. my is, first is amendment right. rights, you know, where does this say in the first amendment, anything about a global pandemic? Correct. You know, just like um, the first amendment, the good old fashioned uh, uh, example of the first amendment does not allow you to run into a packed theater and scream fire. You know, the first amendment does not allow you to put others lives in danger. Right. And we can also <laughs> circling back to how we started uh, this episode, you know, talk about, well, it's Trump's first amendment, right. To say whatever he wants to say on, on Twitter, not if it is potentially inciting violence against other people. Right. You know, I, and I, he knew, he knew you know, full well that those groups were going to be at that rally and all day yesterday, he was just tweeting, tweeting away, rigged election, rigged results, um, mm-hmm. you know, dead people voting. And I think all of the news media, even Fox News, have followed up on specific cases that Trump listed on Twitter. And, well, my husband did die, but I'm the one that voted. And she was like 89 years old in, in Pennsylvania. You know, that was yeah. what I, yeah. you know, I remember. And, and I do believe she voted for Trump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, you know, it is what it is. I don't know what the answer is. You know, I thought maybe Obama would have, uh, you know, some new way of thinking, but, you know, with such a division, I don't know how we ever, you know, other than authority, right? So the towns, um, Colorado Springs or the states, you know, ma- mandatory mask mandate, I think is a very minimum that these states need to yeah. do, especially yeah. Illinois, Florida, Ohio, Minnesota, Indiana, Wisconsin, Tennessee, um, you know, yeah. really top 10. And, um, you know, but even in the smaller communities, you know, even in like mm-hmm. in, in say Lincoln, Nebraska, right? Yeah. They, yeah. they would not be able to handle 10,000 new cases a day. That would, right. that would jeopardize that entire health mm-hmm. infrastructure. Um, 
Now, you know, we've got Denver, you know, they're seeing increased in cases, you know, in cases, and we're seeing, you know, increase in cases here in Colorado. Uh, We've got, you know, stage, I think we're at stage three now, where restaurants only 25% capacity, and they're going to be taking that on a day-by-day basis. And if need be, they're going to go to a full lockdown here again in Colorado. Yeah, here in uh, California, we unfortunately are once again backsliding. Uh, I think there were only three counties that had uh, been given any kind of clearance for uh, indoor dining and whatnot, and they've all backslid. Um, Luckily, uh, as I alluded to earlier in the episode, we've got great Southern California weather here. So, you know, restaurants are able to have outside dining, um, but it's still nothing near uh, you know, most of these restaurants here uh, in Los Angeles have outdoor dining anyway. It, it, it is in supplement to their indoor dining, you know, and now it's the only dining uh, that they can have. And so, you know, we, we, you know, we're still, we've never, you know, gone, our kids are not in, going to school, you know, they're, it's all online still. Uh, we've never reopened the restaurants for indoor dining. Uh, we've kind of been in this perpetual situation of, of lockdown because we cannot, even with the governor who was elected by a very, very wide margin and is a pretty well-liked governor, you know, even with him going on and pleading with people to just wear a mask, just stay home, you know, we, you know, you, it, we have, you know, like I said, communities that just where people refuse to wear masks. We have people who are still having, you know, big parties and whatnot and, and these huge uh, super spreader events. And that's it. I mean, that's all that's all you have to you know, you don't, you don't have to ask why are these cases not going away? Why are the numbers not getting better? It's it's human behavior. And yeah. if you're not listening to the science, you know, if you think it's just somebody trying to tell me what to do, you're not going to do that to me. Well, you know what? You know, next time you drive, you know, don't don't wear your seatbelt, and you might be okay for a minute. But the minute that you hit something, I bet you're going to wish that you had that seatbelt on. And yeah. that's why that seatbelt is the law that you wear that seatbelt. Um, because it is for the betterment of society, you know, and that's, it's just, just, it's just breathtaking. It's just breathtaking, uh, to see people who get so, you know, but these same people are, you know, you know, just so desperately wanting to get everything back to normal and demanding that schools be reopened for in-person learning and whatnot. Look, as a as a as a former educator, um, and someone who's you know my sister is a middle school uh, teacher herself, and I have many many friends and colleagues who are educators on both coasts and throughout the Midwest and the South. Nobody likes this situation right now. Everybody knows that the best, you know, that that especially for the little guys, the the 
you know, kindergartners, pre-K, first grade, of course they'd rather have those kids in person, you know? Right. Um, of course, if you have a, a, a child with special needs, you, you want that child to receive their additional services in person. Of course, nobody is debating that. So that's why we all need to work together and take these steps, wear these masks, do what we should have done since the middle of March when this all started. And we, you know, potentially be looking, you know, at a, at a, you know, sooner return to any sense of normalcy. And and as of right now, people out of work, we got economy shutting down, people losing more jobs, mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. you know, and basically repeating, you know, what happened early on during the pandemic, whereas other countries have done a much better job than we have. Right. And that is the, well, other than the threats of, you know, violence, obviously, but the pandemic is the singular thing that Trump and all of this nonsense scares me about because that means that he is going to keep a hold of a certain segment of the population that thinks that COVID is no big deal and you just get over it just like President Trump got over it and, you know, you just go on with your life. And that just, that refusal to accept the, the facts, you know, Bobby, you, you, great, great job on the numbers and whatnot. Like you said, you know, the, the lethality of this thing is, is it's just in the numbers, you know, and, and absolutely. You know, I even if you do certain, you, we deal with numbers, dealing with big data, new solutions with different governments or, you know, around the globe. Panama, Mexico, to, to, um, you know, Asia and, you know, we're getting, you know, a a foothold in Europe and, you know, data Mm -hmm. doesn't lie. And when, you know, when people just spout off or when a classmate of ours, right, a classmate of ours Mm -hmm. posts last night that Obama hates America, yet Trump Uh loves America and people hate Uh that, you know? Yeah. 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 Where's, where's the fact? Where's, you know, think yeah. of something, you know, think of something original for yourself. Don't just take something Correct. from some website and copy and paste it. You know, do you truly believe right. that? Or are you just trying to rile people up like myself? Cause I was pissed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, Oh, believe me. I, I, I've seen <laughs> that and the, and the, and the others. And you know, it just, it, it, where's Trump's love. You know, I, there's nothing yeah. he's doing for COVID right now. Where's the love? Where's the love right. for, for all the families that were separated down to the border the last two years? Where's the love for any, any immigrant in this country that's not white? Where's the love? Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And if you truly loved this country as much as he claims to, and you truly love its citizens, it's, it's citizens, it's real citizens, and, you know, you can take that as what you will, um, you should be saying you need to wear a mask and listen to the scientists on this one. You know, that's right. love. Putting, putting somebody else's safety above that of your own or being concerned for somebody's health and safety is love. And he has shown none of it. And quite frankly, I think does nothing but show the absolute opposite of it. And why? 
I don't know, Bobby. You tell me. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, I I don't know. I don't know what this this man just why he can't because his supporters would still love him even if he was like you know what you know what just do me a favor let's play along wear the mask okay okay his supporters would still love him he will still have people that love him you know supporters would still have family members that are now have passed because of covid correct correct Like, I just don't, I don't see, I've never, you know, if you look at the, uh, you know, the definition of a sociopath, it is basically the way in which this man is acting right now. He has completely lost any grip of reality and is only saying things that makes him feel good about him himself. That, that is it. That, that, that's, that's it. Period. Full stop. You know? Um, well, uh, these first two episodes have been heavy, bro. They've been really heavy. (laughs) We wanted to have fun, be funny (laughs) and, and, and all this, but, uh, you know, I want to let, you know, our listeners to know that we'll eventually get there. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we're in, we're in heady, we're in heady, serious times. Um, I, uh, um, you know, I, I just, want so badly for us to in when in in some way shape or form come together as a country on this particular thing you know on on uh covid because right. we're not going to get out of it uh without everybody's everybody's cooperation right. so and eventually yeah. the stock market will start tanking again don't don't get your right. head twisted about well, the the economy does suck and it's going to get worse. But the stock market's on on the rise this past week. Right. Well, people are going to be out right. of work. Yeah. You're going to see corporations in the retail and and the tech industry. You're going to see Facebook's marketing dollars shrink, Google's marketing dollars shrink. You know by how much? I mean, you know who knows. But, you know, eventually this is all going to get, you know, catch up to, to these tech stocks and to the stock industry itself, especially when there's no Absolutely. still 10 months in, no national plan. Every state is, is on an island by itself, making their own decisions, their own calls. Uh, you know, back in March, April, three-ply masks on Amazon was running about 50 cents a piece. Now you can Mm. find them on Amazon for about seven cents a piece. So price here is, is not an issue. I was in Walgreens just by my house the other day. They've, they've still have, you know, their shit priced it. I think it was 50 masks for like $20. So that's ridiculous. But if you need masks, Amazon's got a bunch of sellers, seven cents, eight cents, 10 cents a piece. You can buy them 50, 50, or I just got another order for 500. So, mm-hmm. you know, Amazon, uh, Walmart carries them. So there's no reason why anybody sh- can't be wearing a mask. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so because these first two episodes have been so, uh, so heavy, can I uh, end on a high note? Absolutely. (laughs) 
Well, you actually beat me to the punch, my friend, and uh, let me tell you why. So as you, as I mentioned yesterday in our intro, I did spend some time in the classroom when I first uh, moved out here to Los Angeles. And uh, one of the young men that I had uh, the pleasure of teaching in the fifth and sixth grade is the son of Robert Trujillo, the bassist of Metallica. No way. Ty, Ty, his son Dude, I think is, that whole band um, concept is going to be, on paper, yeah. it's just completely badass. I listened to yep. the song, yep. It's Badass. I think yep. they've got, you know, uh, you know, a super group going. Yeah. So do you, it's, it's, uh, you know, check out, uh, I, I will repost it on my Facebook as well. And, and it's already on Bobby's Facebook, mm-hmm. but it's the, uh, sons of Slash from Guns N' Roses, Rob from Metallica and, uh, the late, uh, Scott Weiland and then one of their friends. And yes. so it's the, the group, uh, it's going to suspect 208 and it's going to be awesome. And I've been listening to Ty and his, journey through music because even back in the fifth grade he was in a band uh, helmets uh that played at bottle rock and uh then uh, a couple years later he actually toured with corn so he's a very talented young man and his uh um his parents rob and chloe are, are just really amazing people so i couldn't be happier for them very cool well it's a small world after all isn't it though yeah and hey Nebraska got a W, so congrats. Hey, hey, McCaffrey is the now and the future. That's right. There you go. And and I think even TK Goldsmith would agree with me on that. Okay, okay. I'll have to see. <laughs> no, it was great. It was, it was great. It was great. And after, uh, uh, for those of you uh, that don't know me personally, my other half is a – uh, proud, uh, born and bred uh, Alabamian, and uh, grew up uh, half of his family Crimson Tide fans and half of his family Auburn fans, and uh, we've oh, been wow. uh, missing them. Yeah, we've been missing uh, football from those guys. Uh, there was some COVID-related issues and whatnot that games got canceled and whatnot, so it was great to be able to watch uh, Big Red uh, get there and get a get a W. So. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, we were close. We weren't close against Ohio State. And, you know, who knows what would have happened against Wisconsin. Well, we probably would have lost again had, had, uh, you know, Martinez started. But Luke looked pretty good. I think they they played a lot of – you know, they were safe through most of the game. But the plays that they did, you know, the chunk plays were very effective. He's very quick. Mm -hmm. Very quick, not just with his feet, but with his release. And I think he's got a great future as long as he doesn't get hurt. Exactly. Exactly. Keep him, keep him healthy. Absolutely. Right. Well, I think that's, good. that concludes our second podcast. And again, I apologize. It's been very heavy-handed, uh, with very serious topics, very serious discussion, um, fact-based you know, information and uh, we'll work on, depending on how these next, you know, days and weeks go, we'll work on getting more, you know, more fun topics. I'm going to talk about some tech stuff that we're working on. I want to have some guest speakers uh, from various segments of the industry from gaming and cloud. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so there's a ton of plans. 
uh, for that. And I'm, you know, I'm excited for the content that we're going to bring, bring to our listeners. And again, we think, thank everybody for, you know, their support to this point. So, I mean, we posted yesterday afternoon and we've had a ton of downloads and, and instant messages and feedback and, and yeah, uh, you know, Luke and I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Thanks very much, everybody.